Hi everyone, welcome to Totally Dissolved, where we discuss all things coffee through the lens of education. I'm Kathy Hilberg. And I'm Bronwyn Serna. With the help of subject matter experts, we explore different facets of specialty coffee to educate ourselves and you. Thanks for joining us on our journey in an education in caffeination. Kathy. Bronwyn. How's it going? Good. Another episode. Another episode. Another friend on the pod. I'm very excited for this one. Me too. Yes. I don't want people to think that we only have our friends on, but we just have a lot of really cool friends. Especially here in LA. Yeah. Although we've made some new friends from them being on the pod. Yes. Very true. Yeah. We just got a lot of cool folks here. Yeah. And there are a lot of cool folks out there listening. So if you do want to be on Totally Dissolved, please DM us, email us, whatever. Tell us why you want to be on and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Or if you have a recommendation for someone we should talk to. Or even a subject to recommend. Let us know. Anything, please. Ideas, ideas. We love them. We can come up with them on our own, but you know. You're the ones listening, so we want to keep you listening. We're just talking. We can yeah. talk forever. Um, I'm kind of excited about what's in our cup today because I have not actually made this TikTok coffee trend. Yeah, it was definitely um, quarantine coffee. Mm-hmm. So we are drinking... Dalgona coffee. Dalgona coffee made with... The new craft espresso, instant espresso um, from Blue Bottle. Yes. It is so tasty. Um, It's extremely strong. (laughs) Yeah. So the first time I actually tried this, and you've tried it before too. I tried it as um, recommended for the preparation to make it taste like espresso. And I was so impressed with how much it tasted like espresso yeah like the strength the like quality it was very good um so neither of us had tried dalgona so we are trying it with the instant espresso which i feel like is why it's so strong because it's espresso it's supposed to be espresso but it's really good it's really good especially with this oat milk yeah it's delicious love it with oat milk we went iced it is um it is Kind of a warmish day. Yeah. It's the first warmish day. It is a, actually a very lovely afternoon here in LA. I was admiring the light on my way down here. Mm, yeah, it's also getting that time of year where we get a little bit more light, you know? Yeah. It's gorge. Um, yeah, I feel like the weather is very springy. Like, lots of things are in bloom. I saw a poppy <gasps> blooming today, which they're my favorite. I, I totally want to go see that super bloom of the poppies. poppy fields. Yes, I went in Antelope Valley. The last super bloom. Let's go, Kathy. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Is that the poppy reserve? Have you ever mm-hmm. been there? No, that's where I want to oh go. Gosh, it's so pretty. Yeah. It looks like okay. somebody just sprinkled Cheeto dust all over the hills. I love it. Only when there's a super bloom. If there's not a super bloom, it can be kind of disappointing. Oh, wait. I but, bet you there will be this year. Oh, yeah. There my has train. To be. Totally. I've seen some articles, but I, yeah, I went for the last super bloom and it was amazing. So, would I recommend, and I will go with you as well. Yes, we'll, we'll plan that. Maybe we can find a little cafe out there. Who knows? A little ice stirring ASMR. We can't do anything on the podcast without you hearing it. So exactly. We'll call it ASMR. 
That's me sipping. <laughs> so today's guest, I'm excited about because not only Sorry, are they a very good friend. Let's start that over. <laughs> no, I love the ASMR. Same, but I feel like nobody could hear you over my stirring. I just Amazing. have to say about this before we move on. Yes. Um, is with how thick the coffee part is, yeah. I feel like it doesn't blend in very well. And so I'm going to drink all of the oat milk that's like vaguely coffee flavored. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have like a lot of just like this straight, strong coffee flavor at the end. So, um, I mean, it's essentially coffee whipped cream that's not being is, incorporated into incorporate. yeah. Exactly. So I don't know how I feel about the Dalgona coffee trend. No shade. I just, yeah. it's not for me, maybe. And maybe this is not the right instant coffee for it. But I can't imagine, like, instant Folgers would be, like, yeah. super intriguing. But I bet that would be really tasty, like, in a dessert. Oh, like, yeah. In, like, instead of, it'd be, it's essentially coffee whipped cream. So, yeah. One of know. the websites that I looked up, like, how they do it on today was, um, Saying to put it on top of like brownies. That's exactly what I was thinking. It sounds very good. Or cake. I mean. I wonder if you could, if it would be stable enough to put as a middle layer of a cake. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds real good. That yeah. sounds real good. Okay. Future dessert. All right. Back to you introducing <laughs> back, our guest. Since back I to our introduction of inter- the guest. But I interrupted you with my story. It's all good. It's, it's delicious sounding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? uh, (laughs) Okay, Okay, I'm done. So our guest for today, we are, there's a few episodes this season where we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, especially in the coffee industry. And this is one of those guests. Um, We're going to be talking with Mo Maravia of K&M Coffee here in, Kindness and Mischief Coffee here in LA. If you're not local. Yes. Um, but we're going to talk to Mo about Southeast Asian coffee in particular, one very close to my heart, Philippine coffee, because we're both Filipina Americans here do in coffee. So we're going to be talking about that. Stay tuned. Welcome Mo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. How are y'all? Great. How are you? So good. My ears are hot. I'm like excited and nervous, <laughs> it's especially be... in these headphones. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's weird to get used to. We're so excited to have you on. I'm excited to have you on. Thank so, you. I'm yeah. excited to be Not here. me. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only Bronwyn. How dare. <laughs> I have Just enough kidding. excitement for four people. <laughs> <laughs> Only four. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, we would love if you could first tell us what's in your cup. Absolutely. So I have two cups, actually. I have one. Classic. You got to have more this than one. This is vodka. No, <laughs> no this, is, this is just all water. And then I have a beer. Beautiful. I have a snowy day IPA. Oh, nice. From Sierra Nevada, I believe. I am a, I'm a beer drinker. I love beer. I love all kinds of beer. I love wine. Um, I feel like my hard alcohol days are behind me because they make my body very sore. 
But Fair. I will take the yeah. occasional gin cocktail. I love gin also. But tonight it's it's a nice, tasty IPA. Nice. I feel like that that's, you know, it's on par with being in coffee. You like wine or beer. I think that's very common. Yeah. But also, you know, extending to the other beverage worlds, which is nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, coffee people, y'all, we like to drink. <laughs> True. It doesn't have to be alcohol either. We no. just like to Mm-mm. imbibe. Yes. Absolutely. Every time. I'm like, ooh, what tasty drinks are there to have? Yes. <laughs> I was filling out a thing for the barista guild. It's like a little like meet the leadership council thing. It was like, what's your favorite beverage? And I was like, what this is really, my favorite beverage? It's really boring, but I was like, sparkling water. <laughs> that's it. I love sparkling water. Do you yeah. have a favorite oh, brand? Oh, that's a good one. LaCroix. Actually, LaCroix. Waterloo is probably my favorite. But the guava flavored LaCroix is so tasty. That's my top, top, Nice. Yeah. Yo, that's a good one, actually. That's a really good one. Yeah. I love guava flavored anything and a sparkling guava. Yeah. So good. Delicious. But I also, it was like so torn and I was like, man, a a really delicious beer sounds good right now. So that's what made (laughs) me think of that. Um, But yeah, like beer is very tasty. Good beer anyway. Yeah. Good beer. (laughs) There's a lot of bad beer out there, too. Yeah. I have probably tried them all. But <laughs> tonight we're going to drink a good one. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, um, if you could also introduce yes. yourself and tell the people who you are and what you do Absolutely. and what you are about. Absolutely. So my name is Mo. Monique Maravilla is my whole name. <laughs> but I feel like most people, if you call me Monique, everyone's like, Hello. It's like, are you Who my are parent? You? Are you related to me? <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> but yes, my name is Mo. I own Kindness and Mischief Coffee in Highland Park. I am also the roaster, and we are also a multi-roaster. So we have a whole lot of fun getting to roast our own coffee, sourcing our own coffees, as well as getting to look for other roasters all across the U.S. and and the globe, actually, depending depending on what we're feeling that month. It gets it gets to be a whole lot of logistical fun with that, but it's a good time. <laughs> and before, like, Mo is very humble, but before she owned Kindness and Mischief and started Kindness and Mischief, she was also in the entertainment industry. <laughs> yes. B, outing me. I used to be a stagehand. I'm an audiovisual engineer by trade. And yes, before opening my own coffee shop, I was working for Cirque du Soleil as uh, the live cameras and 3D projections for them. And it was so fun. And before that, I was bouncing around. I did a lot of live events. I worked for Spike MTV. I worked for the Hollywood Bowl. I, I loved just live shows. I thrived on just that energy. I still do, but I'm now just thankful I get to go instead of having to work. <laughs> but I, I loved that live energy. So that's everything I sought out for, for, I mean, honestly, two thirds of my life. And now I'm like, let's own my own business. Let's make my <laughs> life even harder. <laughs> but it is much more worth it, I must say. It is much more worth it to have my own. So. Yeah, you get a live okay. show every day that you work <laughs> behind the bar. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's true. We were playing Bad Bunny today. (laughs) 
You got it. Dance parties. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dance Grammy award winning Bad Bunny, by the award-winning way. Award winning Bad yes. Bunny. Actually, one of, one of my favorite albums of 2022. Same. It slaps. Yeah. Same. The <laughs> opening performance for the Grammys, too, if you didn't watch people I listening and everyone. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. I feel like it was I a agree. very well done Grammy show. Yeah. It was so fan. fun. Yeah. It was so fun. And honestly, if ever, not that I would ever, but if ever I was an artist, that's how I would want to perform, yo. Just like have a million people on stage dancing. Yeah. And just like, and then I love the shots of his dancers trying to get like Mary J. Blige to dance with them. Taylor Swift (laughs) to dance with them. That's amazing. I was like, I dance. I dance with you. (laughs) You're also an LA native, right? Well, actually, I was born in the Philippines. I was born in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. I moved here when I was three and a half. So for all intents and purposes, this is like all I know and remember. I love Los Angeles so much. Yeah. And I feel like I just live and breathe this city. It's so it's so much a part of me. And I've never really bounced around. I've traveled so much, but I've never really like moved anywhere else because I don't want to leave. Like, I love it. Yeah. So. so I just think that's I like a fun fact. I want to say i you, I want to say I'm a native, but I'm not. <laughs> I think you are. I mean, you grew you grew up here, so yeah, I did absolutely. I did more but, so than than know. me, which I'm still from Southern California, but I feel like I don't get to claim LA because I've only <laughs> lived here since I was like 30. So, and I mean, what what I love about LA and all is the diversity, and like one of one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here was because of, you know, we wanted to highlight POC business owners as well as like, yeah, yeah, and just diverse, like incorporate diversity, equity, and inclusion into our podcast because it's been such a hot topic the last several years. So yeah, and being in LA, we love having not only the variety of food, but the variety of cafes. It extends to that, and so much can be explored. And your cafe is located in one of the most diverse neighborhoods, I think, in L.A., Highland Park. And yes. there's so many. I It's such an interesting neighborhood because there is an influx of some gentrification, but also there's been a lot of businesses that have been there for decades. Absolutely. And in that area that there are so many people of color and immigrant families that have owned these businesses for, for so long. And can you speak to kindness and mischief and its importance as part of that community and how it started in that community? And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, so like I just mentioned, I, I was born in the Philippines, but we moved here to Los Angeles when I was three and a half. And we actually moved right next door to Glassell Park. So I can actually still, my, my old apartment building is still here. It's crazy. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, we moved here. It was just me, my mom, and my dad. And the only thing we had in the entire apartment was just like a singular mattress on the floor because like we couldn't afford anything else. And then the second purchase we got was a fan because <laughs> it was so hot. Yep. But it, yep, sounds like Los Angeles. <laughs> and it it's just such it's like, it's home to me. And while you say, yes, actually, I want to talk about all this. So I get so excited about this topic because I love our neighborhood and I love 
talking about it and I love talking about the history of it. So it's I'm happy that you mentioned gentrification because as as far back as I remember, as far back as coming here when I was three and a half, like our our neighborhood and Highland Park in general has absolutely been defined by brown and black businesses and people of color have been here for so long. And I definitely was super intentional when I was looking for my space for the shop. When I decided I wanted a shop and I was looking for where to open, what should I, what, like, what neighborhood should I possibly like look in? I wanted to be really intentional about that and make sure that I, I knew the people I was serving or was going to serve were people that I really cared about. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is everywhere I want, like everything I want to be around and people I want to serve. And when that shop opened with like a for lease sign, I knew that the gentrification tensions in Highland Park were already really hot. And that was in 2013 when I found that space. And we finally signed the lease. Uh, actually, it'll be nine years on Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh. nine years. Happy I'll birthday. Space. I know. So nine years ago on Valentine's Day, I signed the lease. But it was months of like going back and forth. And then it took two and a half years to open. But that neighborhood... I have watched it change since I was a kid. Like, I actually remember my father, when I told him my space is going to be in Highland Park, Dad, I'm so excited. He definitely, all he could remember was, like, the Highland Park of when I was a kid. Like, Highland Park when, you know, 20, 30 years ago was dangerous. There was a lot of gangs. Um, Like, my dad wouldn't let me walk down the street without holding my hand. That was for sure something that was just like in his brain when he heard my daughter's coffee shop's going to be in Highland Park. <laughs> and now absolutely it is it is gentrifying and I think our intentionality of like coming into this neighborhood knowing that it has been defined by people of color for decades before me and I want it to stay that way for decades after me mm-hmm. and I want to be a positive I want to be a positive like net positive to the community. I definitely don't want to take away from anything. And I want everyone to feel included and I want them to belong and I want them to not feel othered. Because I think especially when you say the word gentrification, one of the first things that a lot of people think of are coffee shops, unfortunately. It's like you see a coffee shop and it's like a harbinger of like the bad parts of gentrification that people think of. And so I was really sensitive to that fact. And I wanted to make sure that everyone understood that like, I am a person of color, I am an immigrant. I know what it feels like to to be othered in spaces that should be yours also. So please come talk to me. Come talk to my team. Like let us show you like who we are, what we're about. And honestly, there is like a huge new chapter of people of color opening up new businesses, especially on Figaro. Oh my gosh. York as well. So the two main streets, if y'all aren't for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with our neighborhood of Highland Park. It's beautiful. Come visit. There are two main streets. There's York that I think changed first and then Figueroa that started change right after York. Maybe I want to say like five to seven years after York really started changing. And that's when I started to build up my shop. And Highland Park is like people who have grown up in Highland Park are astonished whenever they come because it's 
it looks completely different. And there are, like our neighbor, Delicias, has been there for over 30 years. Um, cool. Foliero's across the street. Yeah. Emily of Delicias, shout out to her. She's incredible. Um, Foliero's, the pizza place across the street. And then those those places, decades. They got decades on me, right? And and then you have another neighbor of ours, Greyhound's Bar and Grill, who's owned by, it was owned by three by three men, all wonderful, but now I think it's just one or two of them. I know that one left, but it is Matt Glassman, who's Jewish, and then Ryan, who is Filipino. And they were there, I think they just celebrated nine years, and we're about to celebrate seven, like open. I've had the space for nine, but they've been open nine years. So it's it's like chapters like that, where it's such a layered existence in our neighborhood, and it's beautiful. And honestly, I... Like I mentioned how we know what it feels like to to go into neighborhoods, to cities, to to places anywhere where you just feel like you know very well, like I'm the only Asian in the room or I'm the only person of color in the room. You can feel it. And it is it's a horrible feeling and it's it makes you shrink a little and it makes you it hurts. And honestly, it kind of is like a, if it happens again and again, which it has our entire lives, it really takes like a toll on your existence. But Highland Park is one of those beautiful places where I've seen what it's like and I've lived in it to to see where people of color support each other and they thrive. And they are so incredible at creating a community, not just like, yeah, I live here. Yeah, I work here. No, like they are there for you when you are like having a rough time. They are there for you on your good days to support you. And they're always like cheering you on. So that neighborhood just means everything to me. Their diversity is honestly their strength and their beauty. And like, I can't, I can't say enough about how much I love it. I could talk about our neighborhood for hours. I love it so much. Everyone come visit. I'll take you bar hopping. (laughs) We'll go eat and bar hop. Yes. Kind of similarly um, about being a certain kind of person who's the only one in the room. Um, Roasting. (laughs) Definitely been a a men's game for a long time. And we're seeing a lot more non-men in roasting. Um, So uh, can you talk a little bit about how you got into roasting and your roasting philosophy on, you know, going, moving that direction, being a roasting company and a multi-roaster uh, and what you've been learning during the process. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I got into roasting. Well, let me rewind. I've always wanted to be a roaster since knowing I wanted a coffee shop. I love learning. I like love learning new skills. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of like, stupidly fearless sometimes when it comes to learning new skills because I will fail like and fall on my ass like so many times but I'm down because I just want to try it and if it's like really not for me then I'm like I'll pass but (laughs) I'm like so down to try every single thing and with roasting I just didn't have enough money to open as a roaster so when we opened the shop and you know every plan changed like from the beginning of the planning stages to what I 
to what I wanted to what actually ended up happening and opening every every design like choice had to change right and that's okay that's that's just part of being a business owner but one of it was roasting so I always had the plan to become a roaster I just didn't get to start it until two years in about a year and a half in of opening the shop so we opened in 2016 um, I started actively looking for someone to teach me for a place I could learn for for just like a way to do this because there weren't many resources to do so. And they definitely, the resources that I was finding, they definitely weren't very accessible to one, women, two, people of color, and three, like the socioeconomic status was very problematic because you're just like, yo, you got to be fucking rich to get roasting classes. And it's just, I hate that. Like, I hate this idea that you have to have so much money just to learn something that is so basic, y'all. Like, it's science. It's math and science. And I I went in knowing this and knowing that it was a man's game and knowing that it was particularly a white man's game. And that's okay. I'm kind of that person. Like, I was a stagehand. So, like, that was also a white man's game. And honestly, it's kind of a pattern in my life. Holy shit. Yeah, it is. I'm really, <laughs> I just want to do everything that white men think that they're the best at. And I just want to be like, actually, I'm going to show up and be like, hey, me too. Other people can do this too. <laughs> and I love it. It is such a fun time. But we definitely, when I was looking for someone to teach me, I got a lot of doors just like slammed in my face. I definitely got a lot of people who were incredibly uncomfortable with me being in the room while they were roasting. And it was such a strange feeling because some of these people I thought were my friends and I thought that they were okay with me being equal to them. And this first roasting lesson or these first roasting lessons, I realized very quickly that like they did not feel that way. They definitely felt like, why is she here? Why is she trying to learn this? Like, is she trying to take my job? Is a lot of that was happening and a lot of gatekeeping just in general from, from those experiences that were just so rough and so disheartening because I'm so open and transparent as a person that I just, I just like did not expect that to come out of my coffee community that had up until that point been so welcoming for for me as a business owner. Um, however, I will say that as as a as a business owner, as a woman of color business owner, that is actually one of the reasons we wanted to open the shop in the first place was because of diversity and inclusivity. We wanted someone we. I say we. I mean me. I really wanted to see a shop where I saw people like me in there. I I wanted to see a shop that didn't make me feel again, othered, right? That term that's going to probably come up a million times on this <laughs> on this episode. But it really is true. It really comes down to that where people feel that immediately. And I didn't want that at all. So I was like, we're going to make this happen because it's not happening anywhere else. And it was the same with roasting. I was like, why aren't there any women roasters? Because as a multi-roaster shop, I was looking for women roasters. I wanted to support a woman roaster. I wanted to support roasters of color. And it was really fucking hard to find. And I was like, 
why? Like, why is this so difficult? And I already knew I wanted to get into it. So I was like, let's go, let's do this. And honestly, shout out to Rose Park and Seven Syllables Coffee for being some of the kindest humans on the planet. And they were like, yeah, come on in, hang out with us. Ask me any questions you got. I don't know if I can like sit down and tell you all the things, but if you want to just stand there and ask questions while I'm roasting all day, every day, let's go. And so that's really where I started. I just started shadowing Rose Park. Andrew of Rose Park is an angel. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, um, his business partner, is there. he's a saint. They're lovely. And they let me just like invade their space, honestly. I would stand there and just stare at the screen like a hawk. Like I really didn't understand Cropster yet. So also it was a lot of math and numbers on a page. <laughs> I was like, very true. what the fuck is happening? I was like trying so hard to get it. But I'm also that person to ask a million questions. And I'm not afraid to ask if I don't know something. So I was just like, what's that mean? What's that mean? What's happening now? Why are you doing that? Like, and they with all the grace that they could muster, because I was probably quite annoying most of the days, they were answering all of my questions and so lovely. And Roscoe of Seven Syllables Coffee, he's actually about to open in Cerritos. He's also Filipino. Yes. Yeah. So cool. Um, I'm so thankful for I'm so thankful for him and Andrew. They they really just like showed me every every foundational base, like like knowledge that I have of roasting. And then from there, just like trying to suck up as much of every every tidbit that I can from anyone who roasts. Um, I actually have I have a I have a dream and like a I already bought the camera. I just haven't shot it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to interview um, all of my roaster friends and like have it be like an interview and then a part where. We do like a roasting lesson, like a foundational roasting lesson, and then uh, ask me anything. And then I just want to like give it out for free. Like I just want to like it. put it all on the internet. I'm gonna, but it's do only it. February. Yeah. So <laughs> I know a good cinematographer. So, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm stoked. But I just want those things that, you know, I couldn't find back then. Like I want to see people like me roasting. I want... I want like that information to be so easily accessible because it should be. And when it really comes down to it, it genuinely is just science, bitches. Like it's science and math and anyone should be able to do it. Like if anyone tells you like roasting is magic, like they're kind of lying. Yes, it is magical, but it is not magic. (laughs) It's just how fast can you add numbers? But with Cropster, you don't gotta. Like Cropster will do it for you. So it's Thank just a God lot of repetition. <laughs> Thank God for Cropster. I'm so thankful for Cropster. But it is it is a tool, right? And then you develop instincts and then you you develop your own style of roasting. So my style of roasting is like I really love sample roasting the shit out of my coffees to see like where that bean really wants to go and like what things can like really shine because I believe that every single origin and processing method and just like that harvest even like even the harvest I mean I think they're all so unique and I have a whole lot of fun just like testing out the limits of what that coffee can offer so that's where I'm at with roasting it's like let's go I have like my foundational knowledge of like what I know 
roasting will be. And then I'll, I'll throw that bean into the hopper. And then it's just like, show me what you got, bean. Let's do this. It's like a ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a good. ride that sometimes, like like last week, we just sample roasted. Oh, my gosh, y'all. We just got our Best Cup Columbia coffees in that we won at auction Ooh, yes. in September. Amazing. I'm so excited. I don't have to come by. And I love then, Colombian coffees yes. so much. Yes. We got we won four lots, so I'm so excited. So cool. Um, but we just sample roasted two of them, and I definitely fucked one up. Like after that first roast, I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> like this bean and I did not dance together very well. It's cool. <laughs> I'll try again. <laughs> but it is—it's stuff like that that just I have so much fun with it, which is why I love roasting. And honestly, it is—it's a huge like. It's just a huge part of our industry that like, again, women and women of color and people of color should be able to get into. And I want them to be able to get into it. I wish I, I wish honestly I could like have a school. I would love to like take everybody under my wing, but I cannot. <laughs> someday maybe. But this will be my answer. Yes. Posting free shit online. Yeah. But someday great. it can happen. I mean, Absolutely. I was just going to say too, like, even if you never do anything to have like resources for people, just the fact that you've taken the steps to sort of push the boundaries is such a huge thing for other women who are not maybe as inclined or brave to push the boundaries. Because I'm thinking right now of like a ton of women roasters just off the top of my head that maybe were roasting before, but weren't as like obvious about it or, you know, like, as much at the forefront of it but like I think Miles is out of the coffee game but she is a woman of color roaster um Trish Rothgeb roasts um yes Jen Apodaca roasts so many like yes. women roasters um that you know as far as I know y'all didn't like conspire together to like be like let's get in there <laughs> but you were all brave enough Should've. to do something that was like not expected of like a woman in coffee and uh, doing it has opened doors for other people without even trying to do it. So it's awesome and very admirable and we all appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It, it's so, it's so um, honestly like I can't even fathom what it must feel like to understand the impact of like what I might be doing now. Cause I just feel so tiny. Like I don't even feel like I make an impact. I'm just like, ask me anything. <laughs> I'm just here. If you want to ask me questions, I got, I, I got time for, for me, these, these like moments, like being on this podcast, like the idea that this will reach people and hopefully give them something to like, like that, like you said, that idea to like be a roaster also, to also be a business owner, to get, to even shit, to even get into coffee. Like, I love that idea that this impact could be such, so wide and so vast. I would, I would love, love, love to inspire and honestly help anybody I can if, if possible, because I know it took a village, like it still does, it still takes a village to, to open a business, to start something new, to to run a shop, like, and I just want to be, 
I just want to be there for those people. So I love it. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like I really yeah. quickly have to just shout out Kat Melheim also as a woman roaster because yes. she is yes. so insanely Kat's supportive amazing. of our podcast. And also I, of other coffee professionals in general. In general and Kat, just yeah. like a really amazing coffee human. professional yes. and human. And so, uh, yeah, I, I Thank feel you, like Kat. I cannot leave Kat off my list. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, please don't. Kat is incredible. We actually had like a, um, like a live stream call with her um, at Rose Park. And she answered all of all of our questions. And she's just she's an awesome human. I love I love Kat. Yeah. Shout out to Kat. Yeah. And all the other women roasters. Yeah. There are Y'all, so many others. Together. Yes. I, just... I know there's so many. And it's just so hard to like, like, especially because I'm like hot because I'm still kind of nervous and like <laughs> sweating. I can't think of all of them. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Like now, like it's hard to list everyone because you know, five years Hell ago, yeah. 10 years ago. So shout out to all of you. And thanks for making the list so long that we can't name everyone. Damn right. Absolutely. And let's make that list longer. Yes. So that we don't even have to have a running list anymore. Yeah. It just is. I just want it to be. Yes. <laughs> I know. I actually, yeah. so every week I roast, I actually take one of my teammates with me. So we like rotate people into the roastery with me. Because I was really sick and tired of like having this idea also that roasting is like so exclusive, like this, this like very exclusive thing, like, oh no, baristas are just baristas. Nah, like y'all come with me, like, like learn this with me. And now that I'm, I am so fucking lucky. I have, I have like a large team. It's kind of like a long cycle between every every chance they get to come into the roastery with me, but they're they do, and I love getting to have them in there. It's like a fun skill that like so many people don't realize they have. Like if you cook, you can roast. Like if you cook, you can understand roasting. Yeah. I actually don't cook, so that was actually a huge leap for me. <laughs> I I love eating. I hate cooking. So. <laughs> but I you. love roasting. <laughs> When I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I don't want to cook. <laughs> we feel you. We feel you. And I feel too that like including your team in there, if they if it is something that they do want to do, I mean, it's great. They can they can pursue that. But I think also as a barista, if they just want to be a barista, it gives them I feel a greater appreciation for the whole process, Absolutely. you know. It gives them just a little bit more effort to put into their daily, daily job in dealing with others. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you have partnered and highlighted our, our people in our country, yes. partnering with Calzada to highlight Philippine coffee, which I'm so excited about. Um, yes. In the last few years, Philippine coffee, besides Vietnam coffee, there's been a lot of focus on Southeast Asia. So can you talk about that partnership and your most recent trip to the Philippines? No, no, I'm joking. Damn you. <laughs> what if I was like, I am not allowed to say anything about yes, it? Yes, you can. Sworn to <laughs> no, secrecy. I, <laughs> no, I would love to. I just got back from the Philippines a week ago. I just got over my jet lag. Maybe today. I'm hoping, I, I hope, I hope today. But it was, it was incredible and life-changing. And honestly, that was the origin trip that I've been waiting for since opening the shop. And... 
it was so fulfilling in in ways that I didn't even realize I was empty in, you know, like getting to go to your homeland with other Filipino roasters and then getting to meet the the Filipino farmers and producers that like work so fucking hard for this coffee. I've never actually, so I have had the amazing privilege of getting to go to other origin trips and seeing other countries' farms and how how they do it, how they do the damn thing. And in the Philippines, it's such a burgeoning region. Um, Calzada is only eight years old as a company. And they've kind of done, they're so much more than just like an importing exporting company. They were the, they were the company that were really just like advocating Filipino coffee. So they were also roasting the coffee for a while because no one really wanted to try it until they were like, well, what's it taste like? So they would also roast the coffee and sell the coffee. And then they also, because Filipinos just like, we just can't do just one thing. They were like, the farmers need roads. So literally they built them like roads to get their coffee from point A to point B from down the damn mountain. And that mountain is far. We had to hike it. And I, you know, I think of myself as a pretty strong hiker, but like, even then I was like, holy shit, I can't breathe. (laughs) But it's so good. You know, I will never fucking complain (laughs) about anything again after seeing that. And then like seeing kids like hold like, you know, 70 kilo or like 70 kilo bags of coffee on their heads. Like they have like a strap on their forehead and they're just dragging it on their back. And I'm like, oh my God, that's insane. I can't even hold my backpack. (laughs) Like this is crazy. And the terrain is so uneven. The farms in the Philippines. So we, we have two main regions that we visited on this trip. And I promise I will talk about our partnership right after, but this trip was so incredible. We had um, the first half in Benguet, which is in Atok, Philippines, which is right above Baguio. So it is north of Manila, about five to six hours. And it is the mountains. Like we are high up in those in those mountains. It is cold. And that is not what you think of when you think of the Philippines. You think of tropical warm beaches yes. and humidity. And that place was like, holy damn. It was high up there. And the air was thin and the coffee was abundant. But the terrain is so rugged. It's like this. So they'd literally literally have a tree there and then over there because there's a, another piece of flatland. And then like, oh, there's a little bit more flatland over there. So let's plant like three more trees over there. Like the other coffee farms and other origin trips I visited, they're beautifully like lined, organized, just like rows and rows and rows of coffee trees. Nah, not in the Philippines, not yet at least. Like yeah. they plant trees where they can and they harvest with the greatest difficulty, which is why harvest is still really small. So for for comparison, like a like a a larger or like a normal sized importing company does about a hundred tons at least a year. Um, Calzada this year will do eighteen, and that's their biggest, I think, eighteen tons of coffee. Um, and last year harvest was really small; it was about three tons of coffee because harvest was really bad last year because of all the, like these devastating floods and a lot of shit happened in the Philippines. A lot of shit happens in the Philippines, just... In general, yes. In general, Very but true. particularly for the coffee farms. Um, it, was, it was a really rough year. So 
it's still such a growing country for coffee. And it was incredible to watch them. They're so resourceful. I feel like if ever I I had to work that farm, like I just, I probably wouldn't exist anymore. I would just keel over and die after like a week because the conditions that they work in are incredible. And how much has to go through just for you to get that damn bean to your cup is so much. And they're just like, patchworking things and putting coffee everywhere like coffee was piled in their own houses because there was no space to store it or like they're using a rice huller because their coffee huller they didn't have one they couldn't afford one yet so all these things they're just like piecing together to make work but it comes out this beautiful coffee and it gets it gets more beautiful every year so that was part one of the trip and then part two of the trip was in Mindanao, which was a southern island of the Philippines, and in Bukidnon, it was their newest um, their newest mill. And Calzada bought uh, lot, like lots of land, like hectares of land for these farmers, all with the goal of eventually turning it into a co-op so that those farmers would own that land and have something to their name because they just didn't yet. And it was it's something so incredible. Honestly, like everything that they're doing, I really just want to like help. Like I I literally left being like, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you grow and make this bigger and better? Like, what do you need besides just me buying your coffee? Like, how can I help you? Can I buy you land? Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> because that's how much it meant to me to see these farmers doing all these all this work with like so very little especially in comparison to other origins that I had seen. And I was like, damn, like the dedication. And then, and then honestly, like the joy, like the, the sheer joy that you saw in their faces from us, like enjoying that, they, like the coffee that they had made and enjoying, like sharing with them, like just what we did and like roasting their coffee like it was it was amazing it was uh, like it was so moving and and just so special like like the impact of a single face right like you'll never be able to really explain it until you go and you see that smiling face and you're just like Jesus like it moves me to tears to think about like some of those people and their smiles and just like how hard those people work and I just want I just want everyone to fucking know. Like I want everyone to know and I want to share it with everybody and I want everyone to also understand that like y'all Philippines, it's a coffee region and we have some bomb shit that's coming out. I can't wait for for you to taste it. And it is you know, it's also a country that I feel like a lot of people don't really know that much about. So I'm just so stoked to be able to share it and advocate for it and and just like be a cheerleader for it. I'm just I just feel so honored. Honestly, I just feel so honored to be able to to work with them and to to roast that coffee is such a privilege. Honestly, also every time I roast it, I get so very little of it, right? I don't get a lot. I'm always like, don't fuck it up, Mo. The whole like your country <laughs> is like counting on you to not fuck this up right now. <laughs> 
weight of my it's entire true. countries That's on my true. shoulders. So I'm like nervous every time I roast. I would it. be so nervous. Oh my god! Especially when I'm sample roasting it, I'm like, ah, I can't waste it. Please don't waste it. And then when people try it, like, I'm, you know, I. I've been roasting now for since 2018 and have released coffees upon coffees. And I'm not nervous when people try my coffee. Like I'm usually there on bar serving you my coffee that I roasted. But like when people try the Philippines coffee, I'm so nervous. I'm always like, <laughs> did I do okay? Oh, I hope you like it. I hope you like it. <laughs> and if you don't like it, tell me so I can fix it. Or if I could try to fi- fix it, or I might fight you, <laughs> depending on what you say. <laughs> but yes, they are, it's incredible. And it is, yeah, like I said, an honor and such a privilege to be able to do it. And I hope to be able to do it again and again and again. I hope to do it every year. Um, if they let me, I want to like buy land with them. Like I just want them to grow. And it feels, I don't know, it feels something like, very personal because they're Filipino. I don't know like how to really put it, except I can't like reckon with the fact that like, I just, I can't like not do anything. You know what I mean? I have to, like I have to do something for them because it is, it is so important that I do. And I don't, I couldn't live with myself if I, if I didn't support them. So that's me. And my partnership with Calzada. Thank you. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what else to say. I'm just so excited about sharing this coffee with you. So we got to cup all the harvests when we were there. And there's particularly this one coffee called, the farmers just call it sweet because they don't have a name for it. It looks weird, y'all. Like the coffee is like shaped like this. Like it's so long and skinny. Teardrop shape kind of. Like an almond. No more like even skinnier. Like it's it's like a it looks like a like a fingernail but skinny. It's weird. Oh, it's like long and very oval. Yeah. I've never seen coffee beans like it. But hot damn, they're elegant and sweet. And that's why literally the locals just call it sweet. <laughs> I mean that kind of tracks with Filipino, you know, yeah, naming. I know, so <laughs> Right. I'm surprised it wasn't named like a pun. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get, did you buy some of it? I am hoping to buy all of it if they let me, but honestly, like everyone really wants that coffee. So I'm so willing to share. I'm also not that person. Like when we were auctioning lots in Colombia, like if someone bid against me, I was like, I can share with you. Like, I'm not all about like, no, only I can have it. Like I'd rather everyone get to try it. Like more people try it, then we get to make more for next year. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's just every everything I am about. Like, that's also why I'm kind of a not kind of that's why I'm a multi roaster. I want to just share everything I'm excited about with fucking everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I want to share my coffee and I want to share your coffee and their coffee and their coffee. (laughs) So if I can find a way to do it all, then I'm gonna. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on if you get that coffee, the sweet coffee, because I, I hope know so. all about yes. it. I hope so. They were doing some pineapple washes <gasps> with, um, oh my God. yeah, so they had a, a lot of like excess pineapple from harvest that was just going to get thrown away and they couldn't sell them. And so they just took them and like did a pineapple washed natural coffee 
and it was so fucking beautiful. And I asked if I could buy it and they said, oh, I'm so sorry. We were just testing it to see if you would like it. Maybe. (laughs) I was like, no, (laughs) this is amazing. So maybe next year, hopefully next year they'll do more, but. That's exciting. That's so cool. It's exciting. It's exciting. And what's also funny is that there's a lot of Filipino farmers and producers like that are women, like women farmers, women producers, and they don't say anything about it. Like it's not even a thing to them. And I'm like, wait, when I was there and I was looking around, I was like, are they all women? Like this is this is astonishing news because that's a big deal. And Carmel was like, when was it trendy to have like a women's farmers like thing? Like, and I was like, girl, (laughs) do you see, like, look at us, like, because like, you should tell people this, like, this is important for people to know that it's like a lot, if not most of them are women. So it's like women farmed, women produced coffee of the Philippines. There are people who have like highlighted, like, women producers coffee on their menu so yes i did from bella vista and i love it in mexico because it's so special it's so fucking special yeah and it tastes amazing (laughs) but yes well it's very obvious from all of the the ways that you do your your business um that you value diversity and inclusivity from the coffees that you buy from wanting to share those coffees with other people, even when you win the lots at auction and, um, you know, just the, the way that you've chosen the neighborhood that you're in, um, and how you're in that neighborhood. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how diversity and inclusivity plays a role in running your cafe and then in turn, um, contributes to the specialty coffee industry as a whole? Absolutely. I love these questions, y'all. Thank you for asking them. (laughs) So going off of everything we've been talking about with diversity and inclusivity, I, I mentioned that one of the reasons I really wanted to open the shop was because I felt othered in other shops. I felt like I didn't belong. I definitely felt, I felt the lack of diversity and I felt the lack of inclusivity. And that's kind of everything that I rebelled against when I opened the shop. I was like, I'm going to fucking open a place that's warm and and inviting and accepting to everyone, specialty coffee drinkers and non-specialty coffee drinkers like people of color and LGBTQ and every everything that anyone has ever felt marginalized for or othered for, I wanted to make a very safe space for for them. And I didn't open a coffee shop to become a millionaire because hell, if I wanted to be a millionaire, then this is definitely the wrong path. <laughs> but it is just so reflected in the people who come to work for me, right? Like the diversity and inclusivity Like they come to me saying, I want to work for you because I like, it was one of the first shops that I felt like good in, or like I felt seen in, or it was one of the first times I've seen a woman of color roasting. And 
honestly like shout out to my entire team for being so incredible because there's only one of me and there is 13 of them like every day they are just rocking it and making people feel so damn good and they want to be there because of my team and they are all people of color and they are all like just so fucking fun to be around and they make you feel warm and they make you feel welcome and they make you feel like you belong and that's so important to me and that's kind of everything that we try to foster don't get me wrong if you're an asshole my team will be the first to tell you (laughs) and they will also be the first to tell you to get the fuck out and i love that about them but it is it is that diversity that is so special to los angeles that I want to see in my shop. Like I want my shop to be such a reflection of who I am and this city that I love and this neighborhood that I love. Because honestly, if, and you know, no disrespect to white dudes. I married a white dude. I love him. His name is Tyler. (laughs) But like if I hired all white dudes, like if I was just like, Harkening back to like, I don't know, 2008 specialty coffee industry when I walked into a shop and it was just like all white dudes behind bar. And I was definitely like, ah, what do I do? (laughs) I don't really know what to do in this space. (laughs) Like, who the hell would come into my shop? And like, what would happen? Like, that's just not what, that's just not our vibe and that's just not who we are. We want to make sure that like when you come into the shop, you see people that look like you. You see people that like could be your friend. Like you have like a sense almost of like, I know these people and they also know me. And I want that. Like it is so important. And it's such a, honestly, like I'm so thankful that everyone on my team, they're just so damn good. Like they're incredible at what they do and they're just such good people. And I'm so lucky to have them. And truly, they they are the ones that make everyone feel like they belong, right? And they're the ones that really, like, remind everyone this, this space is safe for you and for me and for anyone else who walks in here. But it is kind of just how we also run the shop because we try really hard, like, I try as as a leader and a business owner, I just try really hard to always make my team feel really seen and really heard. We do check-ins like every other week, or at least I try to. Um, And that's something that like, that's just how I lead. I lead with, do you feel seen and do you feel heard? If not, how can I support you? What can we do to fix this? Because that's just how I want the basis of any relationship to be with me and someone that I work so closely with. And then I feel like that just translates into how they are on bar, honestly. Like our relational or my relational style of leadership, I feel like translates a lot to their relational style within themselves as a team. And then also just translates into like a warmth and like a fun camaraderie behind bar that, I hope people feel and see. So before we let you go, we do have one last thing. We have a little game. We're going to play Sip, Dump, Chug. Hell yeah. Can't wait. So this is where we take 
a few items, and you can tell us whether you would like to sip it, dump it, or chug it. Um, mm. Yes. So the first one, it's different drinks, so or like types of okay. drinks. So we've okay. got the classic like drip coffee, how okay. prepared. However, you know, pour over, okay. not pour over, whatever. Love it. Um, specialty drink because I know that you have a lot of those on your menu. Um, that rotate through. So just, you know, a specialty yes. drink of some sort. Yes, the kindness or the mischief. <laughs> I know we we have a lot of fun. I hate being bored. So we we go through a lot of sick beverages. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then an espresso-based beverage. Oh, shit. Damn it, y'all. That's really hard. Because I genuinely, depending on my mood, I will chug... Actually, I'll I'll never chug a signature beverage. They're usually just too large for me, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I the most milk I usually drink and I'm also lactose intolerant, so like not even whole milk, but like espresso espresso based beverage is probably chug. But the most milk I'll drink is like cortado or cappuccino max. Mm-hmm. Like 6 to 8 ounces. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of milk. But I love it. It's delicious. Um, sip is probably drip, honestly. And then I don't want to say dump for the signature be- or the specialty drink, but I'll have to dump that one just because that's the only other one left. So <laughs> that's sip. the hard part of the game. Yeah. I know. Damn it. This is hard. It hurts me. It, it's almost like I'm hurting its feelings. Like <laughs> I'm hurting the specialty drink's feelings. <laughs> okay, just to like hype up the specialty drink, we got to gas it up a little bit. What is yeah. your favorite specialty drink that you've ever had at K&M? Oh, my God. On, at K&M? Mm-hmm. Okay. At K- oh, shit. That's hard. <laughs> and just like I love top, our drinks. Top right now. I feel like I, I do this a lot in my classes. I'll I ask people like, what's your favorite show? What's your favorite movie? And I always have to be like, Favorite one right now, like in this moment, because right now, if I say it right now, or if I say it, I feel like I'm tied to it for the rest of my life. But like right now, like <laughs> yes. what's your favorite right, right now? now? Okay, that's so fair. That's so so fair. So right now, actually, we are planning on being in the Reher Festival again this year. Yes. Regarding her festival, it is ten days of all women-owned businesses in Los Angeles in the food and beverage industry. Amazing, and it's. Just a festival all across uh, America, Los Angeles. <laughs> um, and we have a special drink that comes back every year for Reher. It's our, we call it the Golden Girl. And it's a pineapple lime espresso tonic that has edible glitter in it. So it's like Yum. old glitter. <laughs> That's actually my favorite right now just because it's about to come back. But it's not actually on the menu. So don't come and ask for it yet. But I guess right now on our... Wow, this is so hard. Probably the chocolate orange latte. And a very close second are Californian winter. I'm horrible at this game. <laughs> <laughs> Californian winter is our our winter seasonal espresso tonic, which is grapefruit juice and tonic and espresso. And it's so good. This one is a little bit more abstract. So we, oh. you know, looked over your food menu and we're like, okay, what are oh. the types of people who would get a pastry? an avocado toast, or an adobo breakfast burrito? And <laughs> and then would you like to sip, dump, or chug that kind of person? <laughs> oh, wow. The person, not yes. the food. Yes, the person <laughs> who's enjoying said food. 
<laughs> okay, wait, wait. So the vegan adobo breakfast burrito, the avo toast, and what was the first one? Just the pastry. The pastry. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, that's hard. <laughs> I feel like I would chug the person who gets pastries because usually the people who get pastries are like so stoked about it. They're just like. Mm, yes, I want this pastry. I can't fucking wait to eat it. I love people like that who just like so thoroughly enjoy food. And also pastries are not healthy. Like they are not healthy. Mm -hmm. There is very little nutritional value in pastries. <laughs> and that's okay. They're good for the that's soul. That's kind of why I yes. love it. Exactly. That's kind of why I love people who get pastries because you're just like, I like you. You're just like, fuck it. I want to be happy. Let's go. Yeah. So I think I would chug the person <laughs> The pastry eater. <laughs> and then the other two choices were the avatos and the vegan adobo breakfast burrito. Oh, fuck. That's hard. I honestly, I think I would sip the adobo breakfast burrito person because I love that they're down to try a vegan adobo breakfast burrito. <laughs> a lot of times it's already like a difficult thing to like wrap your head around. And then the fact that you're like, okay, I'm down. I'd sip you. Yeah, let's do it. And don't get me wrong, I love me some avo toast, but that's like, you know, that's like our basic. It's our, I love our avo toast. I had one today, but <laughs> I think I would just dump that one because, you know, the other ones are more exciting. Yeah. yeah. I love exciting things. I don't like getting bored, as y'all have <laughs> definitely heard on this podcast. <laughs> Well, speaking of other things that are not boring, the weather in Los Angeles in the last few months. No, yes. not at all. So the last one is what kind of day at the cafe would you, you know, sip, dump, or chug? We've got a rainy day. Okay. We've got a sunny day. Mm. And then I've heard rumors that the Santa Anas are coming around. So windy day. I'm going to dump the windy day immediately. I yes. hate, I fucking hate windy days. Everything falls over. Our poor trees and plants, they're so sad. And the Santa Anas, also for people who are not from Southern California and who don't know what the Santa Anas are, they're like hell. They're, they're <laughs> hell blowing towards us every so often it's in awful. the winter season. And they are, in it's fact, awful. warm, just like yes. hell. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. And they're dry. Like right now, my lips are chapped because of the sand. <laughs> so chapped. I am so, I'm so dry because of them. And I, I, I'm going to dump them without even missing a beat. Easy choice. Um, yes. And then sunny day or rainy day. Honestly, on a beautiful sunny day, like today. Today like, was so perfect. Today was gorgeous. I, I would definitely chug a sunny day because they're, they're beautiful and everyone is stoked. Like everyone's just like happy. As long as it's not like a hot sunny day. <laughs> yeah. If it's a beautiful sunny day. A hot sunny day, I would also dump the hot sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would sip the rainy day. Because don't get me wrong, I love rainy days, especially in Los Angeles, because they're so beautiful and like so romanticized, honestly. Angelinos just don't get enough rain. So like we just romanticize rainy days so much. And rightfully so, because they're beautiful and, like, cozy. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's the perfect day to have coffee. It's just I would only sip it because whenever we have a rainy day, the Wi-Fi is probably going to go out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, we have to bring in all our outdoor furniture. So the, the shop is just, like, crammed. And, like, people are kind of muddy. And, like, definitely 
it's a it's a little bit more of a difficult workflow of a day versus just like a regular sunny day where everyone's just like stoked and there's no there's no like connectivity issues because there's no rain pounding on our roof killing our wi-fi signal yes <laughs> well mo thank you so much for joining us oh my gosh honestly thank you so much it's been so wonderful speaking with y'all and i honestly like i said before also it's an honor and a privilege to get to do this so thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you again to Mo for talking to us about their coffee journey. It's inspiring to see and hear how diversity and inclusion can be part of creating and driving business and community. Hey, everyone. So we wanted to uh, address the spreadsheets because we didn't post anything after, um, but figured most people probably saw the results since we've been posting about them. But we did want to say... Thank you to everyone who voted for us. And thank you to Chris Hendon for nominating us. Yes, huge thank you. Um, very exciting. Maybe we'll, you know, get nominated again in the future. But it was such a like honor and big deal to us, like within the first year of the podcast, having somebody nominate us and think that our pod, little our little coffee podcast was worth a, an award. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. It means a lot. So thank you. And also congratulations to Tim Wendelbo and Ashley Rodriguez for winning the spreadsheets. You do an amazing job. Keep at it. And yeah. congratulations to everybody else who won spreadsheets. You know, everyone else who got nominated should also be proud. So yes. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to talk more coffee with you all. Until then, continue to drink good coffee. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and keep up with us on Instagram at Totally Dissolve Pod. Send us questions or thoughts in the DMs or email us at totallydissolvepod at gmail.com. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.